Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I'm Tracy Brown, the fraud-busting body language expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion-dollar business deals. And I want you to be able to tell whose pants are on fire, make better decisions, and build your bottom line as well. Get ready. Let's dive in. It's Tracy on Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups with super producer Alex, who is fresh off a road trip around the desert. You know, there's only so much fresh you can really put in there. (laughs) A long road trip generally makes you want to come in and take a long shower afterwards because you don't feel fresh. But yes, I did a 2,000-mile loop all through the desert doing all kinds of stuff and and had a great time and... uh, there were some missions you accomplished on this and some that fell a little flat. Were there not on this trip? There were plenty of adventures. So the original idea was that I'm headed down to Arizona, uh, northern Arizona, for a wedding with some friends. And I figured I'd you know, take a week, uh, maybe 10 days or so, and make a road trip out of it and do a circle and check out some places that I wanted to check out, mostly doing some mountain biking but also just a little bit of research and just seeing some, some interesting places I hadn't been through like Vegas, for example, I got well, to let's, check out Vegas. Let's talk about Vegas because this would be probably where the failed mission happened on the trip because who else was in Vegas while you were in Vegas <clears throat> approximately? Uh, Siegfried and Roy. And uh, they had no, tigers. It, it that was, was the amazing me. thing. About it was it. me. I was in Vegas. <laughs> I was speaking in Vegas and, and I got to Vegas What was your room missing? My room. uh, Let me tell you about my room. (laughs) 28th floor of Caesar's Palace. I get Uh there. My client surprised me with a suite. This thing was so big Hmm. that um, I was like, hmm, should I go repair to the living room or possibly the study? Was Was there a bidet? Uh, yes. And I, <laughs> I did not, I'm like, I did not feel qualified to use it. I don't know how I've never used one. Anyway. I've never used one either. I once turned one on and I was like, okay, I guess you got to get a running start and like dive in at this point because it's just a jet or maybe you're supposed to turn it on after you sit down, but I was a little too afraid. Yeah. So that's not the problem. The thing is this suite was so nice and so big. The only thing missing was I, you know, I thought Mike Tyson was going to walk in with a tiger on a leash. Like I really did. <laughs> and so what did I do? I called you knowing you were coming to Vegas in your mm-hmm. van, in uh-huh. your van. And I said, Alex, bring me a tiger. And what happened? I couldn't find one. Nothing happened. No tiger showed up. We had a 24 hour window to complete the experience and <laughs> epic fail. Epic. Yeah, as a tiger fail for sure. And I was tiger free the whole way. I had the van. I could have just put him in the back. Or back I told you this. I'm like, go find a tiger. Bring you know, me a tiger. Here's the deal. I'm not going to bring you a tiger to your room because it's just going to be too awkward getting in the elevator with the thing. But I will meet you on the ice rink with the tiger. You what ice rink. Would, I'm sure there's an ice rink somewhere in the area in the winter. Uh, where they can, yeah, the ice capades, because they have ice capades out there on an ongoing basis, don't they? I have no idea. They must. So there's, they're going to have an ice rink of some sort. I will meet you in the middle of the ice rink with the tiger. You're on skates. I'm going to let the tiger go. We'll see if the tiger's claws work on the ice or if you can outskate it. 
I think that's going to go really bad for you because I can certainly outskate a tiger. I hadn't thought about myself in that situation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Maybe I need to come up with a different plan. Exactly. Now, <laughs> now you didn't get a tiger on the trip, but you did almost get another animal. I did. Oh, there was this really cute puppy dog, Tracy. He probably wasn't but 10 weeks old or so. Um, smaller than smaller than a football, for example. So I'm driving down through the desert. I go down south through Moab all the way through Utah. Uh, I get just north of the Arizona line, and that's where the reservation starts. And so I think that's Navajo reservation area right there. And I wanted to go through Monument Valley, which is just epic, epic uh, views. And it's kind of like a national park on the reservation. So you can't camp anywhere in there. And I was just kind of camping out along the way. So uh, I found a campground just north of the reservation at Monument Valley. Mm -hmm. And I figured that's where I was going to stay. And I pull in there. It's late at night. It's about 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, and I, and I go up to the little kiosk to see if they've got any open spots. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I get out of the van running up to me is this little tiny puppy dog. He's about, you know, smaller than a football and, uh, just as cute as he could be and all excited to see a person, but skittish. And, uh, you know, I, I squat down and he slowly makes his way over to me. And then he's very happy that he's found me. And, you know, I pick him up and he's just licking me and biting me. And, uh, it, it clearly was not, it didn't look like a, a stray dog. Mm-hmm. It was too clean and too well-fed and too well-kept, basically. Uh, so clearly belonged to somebody. At least that was my impression. So I walk around the campground looking for somebody who's maybe looking for a dog. And, you know, there's nobody out. And I'm like, this is, this is not right. Now I'm 50 feet away from a highway. Uh, we're in the middle of the reservation, in the middle of the desert. There's not much out there at all. Uh, a 10-week-old puppy, that's coyote food or mm-hmm. rattlesnake food or eagle food, or you name it, they're not going to last out there running around. So part of me was thinking, I need to take this puppy dog with me. Steal the dog. That's what you're going to do. Well, I'm stealing the dog from nobody in this case, but at the same time, I'm thinking this has got to be somebody's dog and I can't bear to take somebody's dog from them, but I don't want to leave him out here in the middle of the desert because he may not make it through the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really did. I was torn on this and I'm thinking, you know, this is going to, if I do take this dog, which I would be happy to have that dog, it's going to completely change the character of this road trip Mm -hmm. because now I can't go on, you know, four hour bike rides and leave the dog in the car. You just can't do that. Um, and, And it's just a completely different character to it. So I ended up thinking, okay, I should probably leave this dog because it probably belongs to somebody and it's going to completely change my plans. And maybe I'll come back in the morning and see if he's still here. So that was what I told myself. I fed him a can of tuna. Uh, and then while he was occupied with the tuna, I got in the van, drove away really quickly and felt terrible about it. Thought about it all night long, felt terrible about it. Went back there first thing in the morning to see if that dog was still there. And if it was, I was taking him with me one way or the other. And uh, uh, talked to the camp host there. And he says, oh yeah, it belongs to that house about 50 yards away. He comes over and visits a couple of times a week. So the puppy did have a life and owners and the whole thing, but he almost came with me and I would have been very happy with him. And so you would have been a happy thief. I would have been. Yeah. Just steal and joy. Just steal and joy. You know, yeah. you know, you know uh, who else? Um, so I, I talked to someone who busts people for stealing things. He's our guest today. Is this the Navy SEAL? Don Shipley. Yeah. Retired. Stolen Valor. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm fascinated. I can't wait to hear this one. So tell me about this guy. 
He is, uh, again, retired Navy SEAL. He has made it his job to double check if people are SEALs or not for people. Because apparently there's a lot of guys out there who claim to be SEALs who are not. Hmm. And he's got the list. Where, how do they come across, like how they find people that are claiming to be SEALs? Like, I mean, I I don't hear people talking about that. People call in. They're like, I suspect this guy I'm doing business with is not really a SEAL, but he's claiming to Uh. be a SEAL. Like, like things like that. People get a little suspicious and and, because here's what they do, because they all say, well, I could tell you about it, but it's classified. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, and so he he'll do a check for people. And uh, and he also uh, he'll go out just face to face and bust people. And how does he know who is a SEAL and who's not? He's got the list. There is an actual master list. Yeah, there's a master list. And he said, like, actually meeting a real life seal is that you have the same chances of uh, sitting next to Barack Obama and coach on an airplane. Which is virtually zero. Yeah. There's so few seals and so many people lie about it. Huh. And does he have a show of some sort? He does. And he has a um, like, like his own his own TV show that he well, it's, it's a web show that he has. It's a subscription you can get on his on his site. And mm-hmm. and he'll tell us why he doesn't do more of it, why it's not a show on real TV. If you, But you got to listen because it's it, it'll blow your mind. Like what happened to stop him from pursuing more reality? Oh, TV. I can't wait to hear that. That mm-hmm. sounds great. Yeah. So should we get to the interview? Let's do. I, I want to hear this one. So shut up. Stop talking. Let's go to the interview. All right. Bye. Don, thank you so much for coming on Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I'm, I'm really thrilled that, that you're here. Well, I mean, the name of this whole thing intrigues me because that's, that's what I do. And when we talked before, I was uh, really interested in what you had going on, the people that uh, subscribe to you and listen to you. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Now, let's, let's talk about why you're here, because you're probably I, uh, one of the more intriguing people that I've come across. Because, well, why, why don't you talk about what you do? Because I don't think there's any way I could really do it justice just in a short little sentence. Well, I... Uh... Joined the Navy very young, uh, spent a few years in the fleet. I became a Navy SEAL. I've got family members that are Navy SEALs. We've lost a lot of SEALs. And I, like a lot of people that got into exposing fake Navy SEALs, dealt with one myself. I was embarrassed by it. I was upset by it. You know, it's how people get. Once, once something really happens to you, you often become an advocate for it. Mm-hmm. And the worse it is, the worse the advocacy becomes. And that's what happened to me. And I got tired of the uh, the lies and military lies. And it's just not OK. Some people you know, get on a little bit. You know, all they're harmless liars. Well, you wouldn't want cops lying to you about being cops, firefighters, teachers. I mean, where does it stop? So well, that's, let's that's let's let's talk about what happens. So, OK, so let's let's um, let's back up. So what year did you join the uh, Navy? 1978. 1978. And how long did it take for you to decide you wanted to be a SEAL? I started SEAL training in 1984 and graduated right there. Six months in and six months out. I was just lucky. So. First time. That's that's rare. Now, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Now, can, do you mind if I ask, how tall are you? 6'2". 6'2". Now, that's pretty big for a SEAL, isn't it? Like Because the little guys kind of excel at that more. 
Well, that's interesting you bring it up. Not a lot of people get that. And I'll go into Russian sniper rifle scopes. Okay, let's talk about that. (laughs) Russian sniper rifle scopes are set to uh, the average American. This is how far back this goes. Mm -hmm. The average American's a little under six feet tall. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing in SEAL training. SEAL training was tailored kind of to the medium size American. Mm-hmm. smaller guys uh, have a lot of trouble in buds with like the obstacle course and different other things. Bigger guys have a lot of trouble. It's that average guy that's a little under six feet tall. Weighs a buck 50, a buck yep. 70. Mm-hmm. Going to get through. I was what they called a sea cow. I weighed 203 <laughs> when I started buds and anyone over 200 pounds is uh, called a sea cow. And oh, I did really well with it. So uh, yeah. That's impressive because, you know, well, you probably don't know. I'm, I'm a retired um, athlete myself, and uh, I know strength to weight ratio is uh, quite a thing. So um, congrats on that. So you um, you pass buds and then like you have a couple other like, I mean, you're always training. But then did you get deployed? Like what can you tell us a little bit about your experience? And you don't have to do any classified stuff, but what where'd you end uh, up going? I Graduated SEAL training and walked right next door to SEAL Team 1 and checked in. So all the West Coast SEAL teams are mm-hmm. right up and down from the Bud's compound. And mm-hmm. uh, I deployed there three times. And then I transferred to Little Creek, Virginia. I had to get my son out of the uh, the asphalt, the pavement, get a skateboard yeah. away from him, get some hunting in, you know, yeah. buy a little farm and things like that. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it all worked out. So wow, okay. West Coast. Okay. And then, and then, and then you had like, what exactly happened where you met a fake seal? Well, it's like hearing your name at a loud party. So when you're in a bar or nightclub or something, anywhere that that goes on and you hear that seal thing, you know, you, you're going to go investigate it. And I really, my first encounter with it was in the uh, Philippines and it was over a pool game in a, uh, at a bar with me and some buddies and, uh, one of the guys got really unruly about a quarter, a quarter, his turn. Uh-huh. And when I confronted him about it, he, he, he got the words, what he was going to say. He looked around the room like he was acting like he didn't want others to overhear what he was about to say. And he said, seal team. And I hit that guy right in the He didn't know who I was, but it, he was going to muffle the word seal team six. Uh-huh. And you know, we dobbed them and, you know, we, <laughs> that's how we did it old school. Now I, I hit them with a keyboard. I'll just give them a good beating with a keyboard. Uh-huh. That's effective now. Can't do that anymore. But the... so, so, so you hit this guy in a bar, <laughs> like what happened? Oh, yeah. Did you, did he stand back up or was he knocked out or like, no, what, he, what? he was done. And we went to work on his two buddies that were there. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. We just, yeah. That's the way it is in the Philippines, fleet sailors, you know, all the drunk sailors, the stories you hear, barroom fighting. I was one of those guys. Okay. So, so you're a little rowdy. And and this guy tried yeah. to tell you, he was he trying to like get out of paying a bet or what was he trying to? He wanted to, you know, there's a few reasons why someone would tell you they're a seal. Okay. But when, you know, I'm confronting him, you know, over this, you know, this is, it's a quarter dude, you know, he. Uh-huh. Wanted to leave that mystique of I'm nobody to mess around with. I'll kill you with a rolled up newspaper. Sure. That's what he was uh, coming on about. And, uh-huh. uh, he had no idea I was a SEAL and my buddies were SEALs. So just wrong time to be saying something like that. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, yeah, we, we clipped them. 
So then what happened after that? Did you just leave him on the floor and go? Or like, like this, like, I'm curious about the situation, but then and you've taken it to the next level, right? Of advocacy. <laughs> but, but what, I mean, how did this thing end? Oh, the, uh, we got chased by the office of provost marshal. You know, they, they do their thing there. It was a big eruption and it was a big kind of disturbance. And uh, uh-huh. I've, I've told the story a few times before. They got one cuff on me. And I swam the rest of the night back to uh, Subic Bay Naval Base and uh, just got on his. Uh, yeah. And I think we went to Thailand the next morning. So I just got on a flight and went to Thailand and they they never got me. So. Well, how did you get the handcuff off? Well, it's a long story, but I was on a beach in the Philippines and uh, I had some money and I went up. It was uh, very late at night. Uh, the people got alerted in this little village and everybody was jamming screwdrivers in. And I've got to go on base with this thing. I got to get past the Marines with it. Yeah. There was only one on me and uh, they t- gird it, tightened it, you know, all that other stuff. And here come down. I'll never forget that guy. He, he was, it was like he was coming in slow motion and he had his hand up in his, and he had a handcuff key. Oh, Filipino guy. He popped that thing off. I gave him uh, 20 bucks in my watch and uh, I get back on base. So, oh my goodness. Now, what would have happened if you had gone back on base with that one handcuff? Well, it it depends. Now, back in that era, sailors were expected to do some of that stuff. I got a lot of trouble for fighting, but I also, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, you're, if you're a really good sailor, you know, the Navy, it's a little bit different now. But when you're a good sailor, and I was, you could get out of trouble as fast as you got in it. Uh-huh. So I got punished a couple of times. It was nothing more than restriction. I was stationed in Japan for uh, 30 months, and I never saw a Christmas in Japan because I was something about the holiday spirit brings out the worst in you in Japan. And uh, <laughs> so it was restriction to the uh, ship for uh, 20 days, you know, something like that. So. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So so you have your na- what What year did you get out of the Navy? 2003, 2003. January so 1st, wow okay so you had like that's a pretty long time so um what happens next like what do you did you have plans when you were getting out um i mean because because you do some pretty it looks like some pretty badass stuff or at least you have with uh, uh camps for civilians and things like that like tell tell me how did that go well i did two things in seal team i guess you would call it selective performing Because if I wasn't carrying a gun or teaching other SEALs how to carry a gun, I wasn't interested in that. Mm -hmm. A desk job, a joint billet with the Army, being in a thankless recruiting position. Those are the guys that are really going to promote if you do that. Mm -hmm. And there's guys like me that just stuck and was very good at it. Uh, And uh, I was getting, I had done all my platoons and deployments. It It was nutty. And I was an instructor. At that point, uh, just before I retired, and Blackwater was taking guys. Mm-hmm. And I asked my friend, who was a, a detailer, he takes care of writing all the orders. I said, Jim, what's the quickest you ever saw anybody retire out of the Navy? And he said, 30 days. And 20 days later, I was out and I went with Blackwater. I, okay. I was not going to miss that conflict. I, I was that instructor thing to go back to a team to get in another platoon to deploy. I think a lot of people are under the misconception uh, that when a guy graduates buds, we just give him a machine gun and he goes and starts assassinating people. And uh-huh. it doesn't work that like that. If there's nothing going on, you're doing nothing. You're just sitting around waiting for something to happen. And uh, 
But Blackwater gave me a gun. It wasn't going to happen in SEAL Team. It was a little bit old. So I deployed with Blackwater, Pakistan, Afghanistan. And then it was, I, I can't think of a single bad thing to say about Blackwater, except it was what I was already doing in the Navy, just the paycheck. You know, I didn't retire to just keep doing these deployments. So uh, I got my wife, uh, we'd always been interested in real estate. We did very well in it. She started buying houses. I came home, we could afford to take time off with that. And then started Extreme Seal Experience, which was a training course I started in the Navy for uh, called Sea Cadets. They were basically Boy Scouts in the Navy uh-huh. And the Marines have a version. The Army it's a recruiting tool for young guys. They okay. gals. They go through a, like a modified boot camp. They wear uniforms. They have ranks. You know, they they have drills uh-huh. and whatever interested them for two weeks in the summer. If it was a submarine or you wanted to be in the air uh, air wings or something mm-hmm. like that. And I started the first ever SEAL Sea Cadet program and they would send them to little creek virginia uh, very young guys 13 to 20 yeah and for two weeks we would give them a we would give them a real taste of what it was like and i loved it and they found out these guys did better at seal training it would only make sense that if you want to be a pro football player a quarterback that if you were with one of those guys and you could you'd make a better decision mm-hmm. know what to do to get there Mm-hmm. And uh, I ran that program, I think, six or seven times. I even did it in retirement. And that was extreme SEAL experience. We thought that I'm just going to duplicate this now as a civilian on my property in the woods in Chesapeake, Virginia, and oh, rivers wow. and waterways uh, for young guys that aspired to be SEALs. My first course had a South African carpet maker in it. Oh. And it was 40 years old. and. Uh-huh. Through that, you know, and the the attention we got, we had guys from China, Japan, Norway, all over Europe, all over South. It was quite flattering, the guys that would travel that far to uh, let me hand their butts to them. Yeah, I guess. Oh, my gosh. So um, so how much land do you have? We had five acres there. We had a, a little farm, and plenty of animals. And uh-huh. We had a big cabin. See, when you start something like that, you have to be able to house them, one, uh-huh. transport them to, and feed them. And we uh-huh. had all that. We had the property, the, the big cabin that we had on the property, a log cabin we built. We had the uh, uh, vehicles we could transport to Brown and buses and six-by trucks. Uh-huh. And you know, my wife and the others could feed them. But we had access to thousands of acres of, uh, you know, rivers, swamps, farmland. Yeah. You know, guys, when I, you know, it was really nice because when I made a phone call there, people would answer their phone. They knew it was going to be something good. Uh-huh. And we, we took care of a lot of people. So, yeah, small place, but uh, outside of all the areas and, and things that we did, it was amazing. It was uh-huh. really amazing how it evolved for uh, 10 years. Wow. That's super cool. And I mean, what fun just to get to do that without the pressure of actually dying. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it, it had a lot of hair on it and that's why guys would come every year. We would change it up and add these new things. And uh, guys would come for uh, spend two weeks trying to kill themselves. And I would spend two weeks not letting you kill yourself. Uh-huh. We're repelling the helicopter, the boats, the night ops, the shooting, Everything we were doing, and these guys, a lot of them had never been exposed to a firearm. A lot of them were guys that were foreigners that had no gun rights that came here to learn uh-huh. how to shoot. 
you push them out of helicopters. We were parachuting them at mm-hmm. one point. So that's why guys would come. They wanted something that was aggressive, dangerous, and what I call it had hair on it. I yeah, mean, I guess so. Now, now, what do you know as a guy on the inside about uh, Tiger Woods and how he trained with the SEALs? Did you hear anything about that? Well, we've had that done before. He didn't train with SEALs. They brought him over for a day. You know, Tiger Wood somehow got befriended by a couple of SEALs. And I mean, that would be something you'd want to talk about, you know, yeah. taking Tiger out to lunch or whatever. Uh-huh. But the Tiger was never a SEAL. He never went through SEAL training. They would take him out and show him the Bud's compound and do things with him. I think they actually took him out parachuting as a civilian one oh. time. would <laughs> shoot some guns with him. But they... That's a big thing that they would do over there. They uh, did the uh, Olympic athletes, the water polo team. Oh, yeah. Like that. You know, oh, yeah, they've, they've done these things for to show. You know, you have to be able to recruit, and it gets yeah. a lot of attention when they do. So Tiger Wood always pops up. Uh-huh. Well, I would think that the water polo guys would be exceptional at being a, a SEAL. Those guys, they're so... Um, they just try to drown each other all day. That's all they do. <laughs> it's pretty well, amazing. There's that's the uh, the difference there. There's a big difference, and you're right. Big difference in the pool mm-hmm. in that big black scary ocean out there. Yeah. that's what it intimidates people. Guys that are willing to get in that, lock out of a submarine, get into the beach, get back, dive down, get back, and there's it's really a very so, you know, this country has a lot of special forces. You've got the Rangers, the Air Force, yeah. pararescue guys, Marine Recon, Army Special Forces, all that. But uh, the one thing that separates us from all them is that water. Yeah. There's not a lot of guys comfortable enough to get in it. And uh, we, we call it at Buds. Everybody wants to be a SEAL on a sunny day. This, and that was the, really the beauty of my course because it was so realistic that guys would come to it and they would know if I even want to go to San Diego. It's a big dream of mine. Yeah. After that course, it worked both ways. It would super motivate them, give them a big tool bag uh, to go out and uh, do your best, or they would go, no. Yeah, the the SEALs that I've talked to say they never want to go to the beach again, never want to get wet and sandy. It's not for them. (laughs) I don't do it. We have a pool here. You know, my wife's always trying to get me. It's just was that life and the the sand, you know, there's mm-hmm. some of the things and you know, the, the beach, you know, things like that and cold, yeah. you know, that cold water will take it out of you. So, you know, I'm not in there taking cold showers every day. I can tell you that I've had my fill of it, but uh, yeah, it was great. Oh was man. Great. Okay. So let's talk about the advocacy that you're doing because um, there's a lot of guys, because I I've been through your website, watched some of your videos, a lot of guys that, um, are out there in the, in the business world. Um, you know, they're your age, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. And they go, yep, I was a seal. And that's how they're running their lives. Um, so like, let's talk about how you got into rooting these guys out and what, and what you're doing about it. And just talk about that a little bit. Well, again, we all had our start and I've got it there. I've had run-ins with fake seals before, just things like that. But uh, the two kinds of phonies that I really don't like are religious phonies. The guys that wear the big crucifix and yeah. they will lie to you. And people believe that, uh-huh. oh, he's a holy man. You know, he would never lie about that. And the hell he would. Uh-huh. And the other one is a guy that never had the courage to go out there that will freely give training advice to a young guy 
who's aspiring to be a SEAL. He's picking at you because he knows you to be a SEAL. And you're telling him that stuff. You're already making a terribly demanding training program that much harder with your BS. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these crazy stories these guys tell will turn off a good candidate. You know, I mean, they are just the worst despicable stories of violence and, and, you know, guys will, Oh my God, I didn't know you guys were like that. And the, one of the guys I went after really the first one was a guy named Jerry Branion mm-hmm. in uh, North Carolina or something. He was giving training advice to a young guy and I confronted him uh, about that. And Jerry threatened to have me killed by his uncle in the Gambino crime family. <laughs> and oh. I got really mad. Uh-huh. I got mad. So, uh, yeah, he's a fake SEAL, fake admiral. And uh, I just started phony Navy SEAL of the week. I grabbed all his pictures off of uh, his Facebook and mm-hmm. profiles like that. And that he was the start of what I just, I was so angry. I'm just going to post you on the internet. I never had a video up there before. Uh-huh. And I just titled it phony Navy SEAL of the week. And, uh, Cause it's, it just took off. You know, I was just really mad at that guy, but I never expected to get, you know, the outpouring and, you know, just where this would take me of exposing that first guy. So, so, so you, you put a website up phony Navy seal of the week. And cause you just happened to bump into this guy and like what specifically happened after that? I mean, did you hear from him again? Probably not. I'm guessing. Uh, well, I didn't start the website thing. I started the YouTube channel. Okay. And I had extreme sale experience. And back then, I think I just put a link up to the fake mm-hmm. guys. Maybe I just started it on YouTube because we were putting a lot of the course videos, mm-hmm. you know, what the guys were doing for recruiting up on YouTube. I think I just put him up there. And uh, I don't know, one thing just led to another and more and more. And then people would start sending me things. You know, I don't know what, I, I just got one today of a, uh, an oath keeper oh. on the internet. Uh, guys were, he had claimed to be, he's on city council. They were trying to throw him off because it was a former oath keeper, uh-huh. you know, this whole woke cancel culture. And he actually was a legit seal. So I'll verify them either way and do a very good job of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not something calling someone a liar is something you really got to be careful. Yeah, about. you do. But, you got to be careful. Yeah. Well, I am careful. And then mm-hmm. I'll, then I will call you a liar. So, you know, now I, I was a seal. You weren't, that's that. Yeah, totally. Okay. So where'd you get the list from? Like, uh, do you get it updated every few months? Like, how, are you the only one that has it? I'm so curious about this whole verification thing that you're doing. I would reach out to a guy. You'd be surprised on some of the, uh, seal sites on social media that we have it's kind of seal only thing mm-hmm. how the the site is clogged with seals asking to verify other guys claiming to be seals they can't even tell you know when you rip off a buds class number they tell him you know he's claiming that he deployed with you know, team one in the 80s you know they can't even do the math in their head and I started like that. You know, I would contact a, uh, uh, an acquaintance, a former SEAL named uh-huh. Steve Robinson. And Steve was in an association. Uh, they had it. Uh, the original ones were called Veris SEAL. And then it was Authentic SEAL. And it was a team of these guys that did nothing all day long except verify SEAL claims. Uh-huh. And it, it started by a SEAL Vietnam vet named R.D. Russell. 
in our day, you know, spec war SEAL team is a very, very small community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Him and his wife were given access to the Bud's compound and the files. Oh. And they painstakingly, now you got to remember, this goes back to our inception in World War II, that there was no, there were no computers. There were no microfish. Mm -hmm. There were after action reports of names from Iwo Jima, you know, perhaps, and some training records and things. They painstakingly went through and put these guys down. And uh, then through Korea, then through Vietnam, then through the modern day, just to combat the epidemic of seal imposters. This had to be done. Mm-hmm. And the Army and Marine Corps are slowly catching up. You know, they realize this is something they have to do. And Steve uh, did it for many, many years uh, and would, I could bounce a name off of him, you know, what people do to me now. Mm-hmm. Can you verify this guy? And uh, Steve, after 12 years, he just, these phonies will really take a terrible toll on you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was looking. He was like, I, I didn't even know it, but he'd been kind of grooming me to take this thing over. Okay. So, so he did. And uh, yeah, the uh, the database is updated, but uh, yeah, that's about all I want to do. I can check a name and tell if you were ever a SEAL or not, if your name is not on there. And there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, my wife's name is Carol Diane Shipley, but she goes by Diane. Uh-huh. And so you've got to be very careful of middle names. A lot of people uh, go by their middle names. You've got to ask for an approximate age. You know, uh-huh. if you're a Smith or a Jones, you know, I have to be very careful. There's a lot of those guys yeah. outside, you know, some strange name that you are. And then I can really dig into, you know, I'm very, very careful. Check it once, check it twice, check it three times. You check it on the internet, see what mm-hmm. I see mm-hmm. pop up in the, so far, I've never made a mistake. And I've oh, wow. close to about 40,000 of these guys. So. Really? Okay. So um, how many of these requests are you getting a day? It depends on what happens. And uh, when the guys killed the Somali pirates, I couldn't get through the email. When Bin Laden was killed, I couldn't get through the email. When oh. you, know, the, you know the American Sniper movie came out, I couldn't yeah. get through the email. And guys will glean this, you know, I mean, it was just overwhelming, you know, 50 over a day Uh and you're doing your best to keep up on it. And, uh, if I was into all the, uh, Facebook, YouTube, my own personal emails Mm -hmm. from extreme seal experience in my own MSN account, easy a dozen, 15 a day. Oh, wow. So what percentage of them are uh, true versus false that you get in? Like over the years, what's it been? Because people, they, they have to have some kind of suspicion, right? Or they wouldn't, because you charge a little bit of money to, to do this. Like what's, uh, what's your percentage looking like as far as real seal? 99 out of 100. Are not. 99 seals. out of 100 are total phonies. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. Do. Well, like this guy that was just on the Oath Keeper thing. Uh-huh. You know, I checked his name. Yeah, you're legit. But then it was, and this is, you know, my whole thing in this is was always just to make the term phony Navy SEAL as widely recognized as the phrase Navy SEAL. Uh-huh. People still contact me. They're like, I never had, I didn't know any, there was anything about a phony SEAL. What is all that? And yeah, I've done a good job. Your chances now, I recently did that in a news 
thing in Ohio, but your chances, because of the work that I've done, and I'll take a, I'll take a pat on the back for that, your uh-huh. chance of getting a, a fake Navy SEAL to get in the media or in the news or a newspaper article are about as good as seeing a white buffalo. I have slayed them all. Uh-huh. They, they're all underground now. I have run. It's like the uh, great buffalo hunts of the, uh, the plains. You know, uh-huh. They just massive slaughtered these buffalo. Yeah. I have ripped into so many of them that, you know, the, the only ones really left now are the old school guys that have been doing it for so long and they all eventually get outed. Mm-hmm. But uh, picking up a phone anymore or just finding something that they are doing currently, it's pretty hard right now. They're, they've gone silent because they know I'm out there. There's oh, man. There. Okay. So, so um, because you've, you've done like, did you have like a TV pilot doing this or uh, like, confronting these guys or what did i see on there because um it looked like people didn't want to talk to you that that much (laughs) on like what tell me about that well we had a lot of interest i was very flattered when extreme seal experience started that we were getting the attention of reality shows Mm -hmm. and then the phony seal thing i mean we've we've done endless news inside edition Mm -hmm. 60 million you know anderson cooper just all this crazy stuff and the reality show pictures were always there. <clears throat> and we were very close to doing a reality show for the fake Navy SEALs. Uh-huh. And we had a target picked out. We had uh, some people that you would never guess were a Navy SEAL. They looked like college <laughs> freshmen in college. They were uh-huh. actually SEAL combat vets and wives of Navy SEALs, widows of Navy SEALs. It's a really nice team. But it just kind of fell apart. And it really fell apart with uh, To Catch a Predator. And they pushed too hard one time. And it was, I don't recall the, the guy that did it, but uh, he had pseudo contacted this young girl on the internet, but he never did anything. Uh-huh. And uh, I think he was in some kind of school or he was a principal or something. And they went to his house and were confronting him and beating him on the door, beating on the door, trying to get him. And a shot rang out and he killed himself there. And it, shut down all that you know and them because he knew it was caught i'm sorry because he knew he was caught well it was uh it was kind of bad because he really didn't do anything he knew he was they were just making they had to kind of make get into this thing Uh it was it was really kind of bad it was uh, upsetting and they shouldn't have pushed that hard you have to be very careful of who you push how far you push and that's a, the, you know, I'd started this video website of mine. Uh, I call it a little mini YouTube. It's a membership yeah. site because of the bloodletting that would go on on YouTube and guys that had no real meat or dog in this fight. And they would just go absolutely haywire over this. They uh-huh. would start contacting wives, mothers, anybody that was involved with this guy and really, really, that wasn't the intention. You got to let the punishment fit the crime. And, you know, you're doing something really goofed mm-hmm. if I'm doing a video of you. But you don't need to be hounding their employers and just these things guys would dig up. And when I started confronting these guys, and I'll tell you that I'm not a confrontational type of person mm-hmm. like that. I have to work myself up into it. And most people are not. I mean, you don't want to embarrass somebody or call somebody out but once i was doing it and got some notoriety on the internet they all came out of the woodwork 
Before, nobody wanted to do that. Now, everybody with a cell phone is running around malls and airports yeah. with anybody with a camouflage coat on uh-huh. or a Navy hat. And they are je- and they make some really bad mistakes. And I don't know if you saw that woman recently. I think it was in Connecticut that slapped that sailor in the face, called him a fake. The guy's trying to get a sandwich up there. He's on a submarine. Uh-huh. She didn't recognize the uniform. She was an army dependent wife. And she went absolutely ballistic in this uh, restaurant and wound up slapping him for stolen valor. And she couldn't have been more wrong. Oh. So that terribly undoes does the things that we are really trying to do when Mm -hmm. you get the junior G men in there that really don't have any idea what they're doing. They don't have access to anything to prove you're fake and they do it anyhow. So Uh it it goes bad. Oh, wow. So that's why your show didn't go. Oh, that is fascinating. Um, I don't know if that was anything with the show. This is what I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. now with it. And we pushed away from the reality shows and uh, we did the phony Navy SEAL has just evolved over that. So a simple start on YouTube to me beginning, you know, I would take your pictures off your Facebook thing and I would tell your story with your pictures. Mm -hmm. Then it went to me actually finding a number for you and calling you to see what you had to say about it. And once that ran its course for a while, uh, it was natural to go out and uh, let's go get these guys. Let's go confront them. Now, what's what's the craziest thing that ever happened when you confronted someone? Because because like how many guys have you confronted? What's the craziest thing that's happened? I'm not sure how many we confronted. I know we went to uh, we went as far away as Oregon, uh-huh. uh, North South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Texas, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, uh, Michigan, Maryland. Oh my gosh! Uh, we would travel to all these fly you know really. It depended on how bad you were, what we did. Coos Bay, Oregon was the furthest that we uh-huh. went. Uh, and without this sounding, it's a, it's, a, it's a military tactic is what it is. And it, it's a military tactic for an ambush. And an okay. ambush consists, a successful ambush consists of three things. Surprise, sustained superior firepower and violence of action. That means that you... You're catching them off guard. You are armed with everything with the SEAL database, your claims, and you are unprepared for it. Mm-hmm. And by the time you realize what has happened, I've, I've left. And I, I'm not going to get there and get into this with you. And uh-huh. they just, they're not expecting it. And they just start talking. And uh, I had one guy frame, uh, we got him at a, wall, a Walmart parking lot in Georgia. You know, he was, uh, the mother down there wanted me to help her daughter with this guy. And uh, he framed getting out of his car, you know, like he was going to open the door and come hit me. And they people wasn't going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the guy you want to do that to. Yeah, no, yeah. Other than that, you know, there's nothing we don't, uh, I never contact them again. I don't uh, email them for any reason. I don't, anything to be construed, construed as harassment. But again, if I go after you, it's because you have done something really bad. Right. In my thing. And you're not just, there's a couple of kind. you're never going to, I never go after the barroom loudmouth. You know, uh-huh. It's just some guy that's running off about it. Really. You're doing something and I'll just correct your deficiency. <laughs> just correct your deficiency. See, that's how I know you're a real seal because you're, it's kind of hard to pull information out of you <laughs> that, cause that's how you guys are. Um, which is fantastic. You should stay that way. And uh, so um, how can people see some of your videos? 
Well, you know, I uh, I had a very really big YouTube channel called Buds One Thirty One, and uh, there's some real controversy of what happened. The uh, if you remember the uh, oh, there's Catholic high school students on the uh, courthouse steps in Washington or the uh, Capitol steps in Washington, uh, and they were confronted by a group, and one of them was a, a Native American Indian guy, and he was banging on a, a drum. I remember seeing that. Yeah, the Covington high school kids mm -hmm. and uh, uh they really got those boys in a lot of trouble uh, the media really attacked those boys and one in particular and this american indian guy is claiming that uh, he was a vietnam vet i pulled his records you know because I, I do that i had him back in a single day and he was a maytag he was a refrigerator repairman in the marine corps they couldn't stop going awol and they kicked him out the closest uh -huh. he came to vietnam was Look at an encyclopedia. Uh -huh. And so that really turned the tables on that. But when I posted it up in the video, you know, I'm trying to do things in the video to keep your attention. You know, sure. I, I guess I really understood that principle. I have to keep you watching from start to finish. Mm -hmm. So I do some pretty outrageous things on there. And uh, I was told that uh, I got a mass flagging uh, over that and YouTube deleted my channel. Oh, but really? Oh, yeah. But uh, what came back from YouTube was a video I had done about a South African phony, the biggest con man in ever in this country. And I I did. I posted up every bit of his personal information from his Social Security number to his passport to everything. That's how bad that guy was. And uh, they said that's what it was. And I had I had been in trouble. I, I called it YouTube prison. Because you would do something, uh, especially when the phonies would cry about the video, YouTube would pull it and restrict your length of your videos, yeah. and some other things like that. You would click on your YouTube channel and this big red thing would pop up. You know, like, oh my gosh, what I do this time? And I guess I just three strikes you were out. So uh -huh. uh, uh, 50 million video views, 200. 50,000 subscribers and one day it was just over. Oh my so uh, I started a, uh, a new channel now called former buds 131, where I still get after it, but I'm really directing you to my video site because years ago I saw this was going to happen that uh -huh. uh, YouTube uh, it was only a matter of time. And so we started videos dot extreme seal experience.com or phony seals.com in your browser and it's a private membership site, and that's where I'll post you up. And you ain't never coming down from there. Uh <laughs> and so YouTube now, we we do all, you know, we've done so many videos. So we put a lot of cool videos up. A lot of them are teasers. And that guy, that uh, that South African phony, believe it or not, it's a really small world. One that I'm going to get around to here real quickly. But another guy contacted me here recently about him. And he was down, he has built people out of probably millions and millions of dollars. And uh, he contacted me and he said, he's uh, he's trying to get me into a business deal. And I went, he is a phony, a total phony. I sent him everything I had. And he goes, I got a Zoom call with him uh, tomorrow if you want to. It's the last time I was on Zoom. Oh. And I was just in the shadow there watching as he was telling, trying to get this money out of these investors, 50,000 uh -huh. a piece out of them. Uh-huh. And uh, then I just went live and I just confronted him on that. And after all these years, he saw my face again and he just fell back in it. So I wrecked that. It was a really good video, really good 
you know, when people will help me confront these guys. So probably one of the best I did, just let him talk all about his seal thing. And then I got him. Oh my God. Han Kildridge Harrison, the ultimate uh, phony seal guy. Wow. Okay. So how can people find you? We got phony seals.com. Is there, is is that the best way or, um, well, it's a, uh, the video website is a video. When I started uh, Extreme Seal Experience was the training course for those guys. And people mm-hmm. can get on Extreme Seal and they can find my email and go. Okay. And then we started videos.extremesealexperience.com. And now we're up in Maryland, kind of retired. And we're running Extreme Seal Adventures, which is a charity on this beautiful farm we have up here. We take the veterans out uh, duck and goose hunting and and whatever else we can get around here and do a good job at it. So it's all rotates around extreme seal experience, but it's the uh, video website. Got or it. You can just search Don Shipley videos and you'll see uh, you, you, it'll get up there. Phony Navy seal of the week, Don Shipley videos, or you'll see some uh, really stupid ones of the phonies trying to do it to me. They'll turn it around on me and just write all kinds of stuff. That's the, one of the things you deal with with phonies is they all have a keyboard. And when they get angry enough, because you expose it, people mm-hmm. don't like being called a liar exposed. No. They'll try to come after you. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, dude, whatever, man. Go right. for it. And, and people can get in touch with you to do their own, to do some check-in on, uh, on yeah. folks. Yeah. You asked about that before, about the, doing the pay thing. So I verified thousands and thousands of, verifications for people and often it would come back uh you know the seal verification now i'm the guy that's checking this name i'm kind of liable responsible for telling you so and so is a liar and more often than not i would never hear back from them or if i did they'd go well he was just a big loud guy and uh, he was wearing a navy hat so i just want curiosity seekers there's no dog in that fight it's just I'm just really curious about this. And, you know, I would take all that time because this is a very detailed search. So I don't make a mistake and I haven't. And I just realized I cannot keep this up. I cannot run these training courses. I can't do video sync with all that. So uh, you can get on uh, search fake Navy SEAL verification. And now it's 20 bucks to do it. And that, unfortunately, I read a good explanation up there why I hated to do that but I separate the wheat from the chaff. The curiosity seekers are never going to pay 20 bucks, but if you really need the verification, sadly, you'll pay that. And then Mm -hmm. I'll verify it and all goes to a good cause. Anyhow, I'm not buying a property in Bermuda with it. That's for sure. So yeah, it all works out there. I figured out a way through the video site, YouTube and the verifications to make these phonies pay it back. Mm -hmm. Somehow I've been able to, make them pay a little something back. And uh, so it all works. All right. Well, good deal. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today here on Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. You're just, you're out there fighting a good fight. I love it. Yeah. And I'd love to see more of your stuff. I'm going to have to. So uh, good job for you. It's very interesting uh, title. Very happy to do it. So, oh, cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.